The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Well, good morning. It's a great blessing to be worshipping with you this morning. You can probably tell from my accent that I hail from the United Kingdom, and it's a great joy to be with you this morning. Isaiah, who wrote these words in chapter 9, was a real man who lived in history. He claimed to hear from God, and his words have been preserved for us. And I believe they are astonishingly relevant to our lives today. Just think about that phrase, people who walked in darkness. People are walking in darkness, aren't they? Darkness is real. Just on a physical material level, this season falls in a time when back home in England, we experience the night drawing in at about three o'clock in the afternoon. But darkness means something more than just a seasonal lack of sunlight. This year in particular, we may feel that the nations around us are in the grip of shuddering darkness. Whether it's political upheaval, the cost of living crisis, the war in Ukraine. My family had the privilege of welcoming two Ukrainian refugees to come and live with us. Whether it's the overhang of the pandemic, the personal loss, the exhaustion felt by all of us, the impact on healthcare providers and other national institutions. Darkness is real and perhaps we feel it clouding our national life. People are walking in darkness, says Isaiah. Perhaps we might have experience of a kind of darkness of the mind. Thoughts that plague us, frightening dreams that occur when we're alone or walking in the dark down a street. And then perhaps we've experienced darkness in our own mental health. Many of us struggle with feelings of anxiety. The statistics suggest that there has been a massive increase in mental health challenges over the last few years, and particularly amongst young people. One writer in the Guardian newspaper put it like this. He said, we are in the grip of an anxiety epidemic that predates Trump's presidency and the pandemic. Indeed, we have become so collectively consternated that a 2016 analysis led by the World Health Organization estimated that without more treatment, 12 billion working days will be lost because of anxiety each year. And the study estimated the cost to the global economy up to 2030 as being 925 billion US dollars. People are walking in darkness. Kafka describes anxiety as the feeling of having in the middle of my body a ball of wool that quickly winds itself up, its innumerable threads pulling from the surface of my body to itself. People are walking in darkness. Now, of course, there's a difference between anxiety as a personal or clinical mental health disorder suffered by individuals in every society and the systemic anxiety that scholars like Friedman identify in our contemporary world. 
He argues that anxiety has become a dominant factor of the modern world. And he could be talking about Britain, but he describes America as awash with worry. He says anxiety is so deep within the emotional processes of the nation that it is almost as though neurosis has become nationalized. Anxiety resides in and spreads through networks of human relationships. And this scholar Friedman suggests that in the Western world, institutions that have formerly played a role in absorbing our collective anxiety, systems like healthcare systems, justice systems, political systems, as these have been shaken, so our confidence in them has been undermined and they are no longer able to absorb our systemic national anxiety as they once did. People are walking in darkness, says Isaiah. We might speak of a wider ethical or moral darkness. We might look at um, the trafficking industry or the debt that richer countries have held over poorer countries, crippling their chances of emerging economically or the fact that millions die every year of preventable diseases. People are walking in darkness. And there's also maybe a spiritual darkness. We don't know if there's a reality to the talk about God. And we wonder, if God were real, would he really care about me? People are walking in darkness. I want to suggest this morning that Isaiah's talk of darkness and light is telling us something honest and profound about our human situation. That there is a real moral darkness in this world and it is in every single one of us and it hurts like hell. We may be victim, we may be perpetrator, and in some sense, all of us will be both. The darkness of the world that you and I know and experience is real. And this prophet, who lived over 2,600 years ago, names it here. He says, people walking in darkness. Darkness is real and it hurts. But there is good news. The prophet, looking forward in history, declares with hope that the people walking in darkness have seen, will see, a great light. We heard in the reading from the psalmist that extraordinary declaration, the Lord is my light and salvation, who then shall I fear? The people walking in darkness, says Isaiah, have seen a great light, and this is the truth at the heart of the Christian faith, that light has come into this dark world. Not a naive denial of the reality of darkness, but a stark confidence, a statement of hope and truth and reality that light is also real, and that light has come into this world. What happens with light? Well, light opens our eyes, doesn't it? We see things more clearly in the light. When we speak of light, we speak of truth and reality and clarity. We don't think of deception or confusion. 
The light at the heart of the Christian faith is about truth and beauty and goodness. Light also reminds us that we're not forgotten. Think about the relief you feel if you're stumbling around in a dark room. This happened to me last night. I'm slightly jet lagged and I'm staying in an unfamiliar room. And I was stumbling to the bathroom, not quite knowing exactly where where the light switches were. But when the light comes on, you see the direction to go in and your situation becomes clear. At the heart of the Christian faith, the person Jesus of Nazareth declares, I am the light of the world. The light that Isaiah prophesied would come came in the person of Jesus. The light could be a searchlight or a rescue light. And when we see that light, we recognize that deliverance has come. I've worked in public theology um, for over 25 years. But um, when I was an undergraduate student at Oxford, I was part of a, a small team who had the opportunity to go to Afghanistan and interview the Taliban about their religious views. And I, I wrote an essay about it. This was before 9-11. That ages me. But on the way out of Afghanistan, the, the war was raging, so you couldn't fly into the country. We had to go over a land border. And we went through the land border to Turkmenistan, and we found ourselves stuck in a sandstorm in no man's land, with landmines for a kilometer in this no man's land on either side of this track. I'd been part of this small team interviewing the Taliban and also taking Bibles in to the Taliban military headquarters and sharing something of our faith in the person of Jesus. And now this group of three of us were trying to get home using the route we had come through. But the Turkmen guards didn't want to let us back. They wanted a bribe. And being students, we had no money. At this point, we found ourselves stranded. We were stranded for over three hours, and a sandstorm began to rage. I don't know how many of you have ever been in the desert in a sandstorm, but it is very frightening. In the middle of the afternoon, it is so dark, you can't see what's happening, and you can't see your hand in front of your face. It's a strange and ominous experience. For hours, we were in that sandstorm, And so I will never forget the moment when into that darkness shone the light of two headlights of a truck. A Red Cross truck had come through that border and they rescued us. And when I said, how often do you come this way? He said, not very often. I said, what do you mean by not very often? He said, about once every three months. A searchlight or a rescue light when you are lost, when you are alone, when you think you might be dying in desperation, a searchlight means someone cared enough to come for you. Rescue has come. People are walking in darkness, says Isaiah, not minimizing our human experience, but light, a great light has come. And that is a searchlight, a rescue light. This is exactly what Jesus did. I am the light of the world, he says. Anyone who who follows me will never walk in darkness. The Lord is my light and salvation. Who shall I fear? Light extinguishes darkness. The presence of Jesus Christ in this world 
in the lives of believers, in the lives of his followers, is enough to contend with the darkness we see and experience. Isaiah in his prophecy went on to say a few specific things about this light, and we thought about those aspects of the incarnation, I'm sure, over the Christmas season, that the light would be a child born in history, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. And in the reading from Matthew's Gospel we heard this morning, we read that Jesus fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy in very specific ways. He went to live in Capernaum, says the Gospel, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. Fulfilling Isaiah's words, he began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The light that Isaiah prophesied is incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ and his message in our dark world is one of a call to repentance and a promise of the nearness of God, demonstrating what what light in darkness really means. Jesus' coming is a work of light It is a work of peace, and it actually engages with the specifics of our darkness, whether that be moral darkness or the anxiety we experience, the real troubles in our lives. And Jesus, through his work of saving peace, makes things right between us and God, offering us forgiveness and rightness between us and God. People are walking in darkness but light has come. God has entered our world for sheer love of us. Every single one of us, fearfully and wonderfully made, completely and utterly loved by the one who made us and knows us. The Bible is saying that light has a face and that face looks at you with love. He can rescue us from darkness. He can give us his comfort and counsel and peace and he is just a prayer away from every single one of us all we need to do says jesus is repent that is the greek word metanoia to turn around to turn from darkness and sin and accept his light and forgiveness and we too can know the nearness of the kingdom of heaven light in this dark world Amen.